Hello and welcome to Essex by the Sea. I'm Owen Ward, exploring the Essex coast, finding out about the amazing and interesting stories it has to offer. Now, when thinking about the beaches of Essex, you might think of South End or East Beach at Shoebury Ness, maybe a little picnic on the beaches of Jaywick or Clacton or Frinton on a nice sunny day. But it's safe to say that Greys might not be up there on the lists of places you think of, particularly on a very wet and windy day. Well, there is a beach here on the banks of the River Thames, a small parcel of riverside land that's a haven for wildlife. Uh, there's a dedicated team of locals who uh, sort of look after this stretch of the riverfront, and uh, Teresa O'Keefe is here with me now, sheltering under an umbrella. Helen Inns from the Essex Wildlife Trust is also here, and we'll uh, speak to Helen in a moment. But, uh, Teresa, why are you passionate about looking after this little parcel of land? Hi Owen, well actually it's my job, I'm very lucky to be able to do a job that I really enjoy doing so I know that makes me in an enviable position. I work for Riverside Community Big Local which is a lottery funded project and my job is to work with and for the people of this part of Greys. So when I come across some local people who wanted to help to keep this part of the Riverside looking as best as it could then obviously I got involved and actually Riverside Community, my colleague John Kent has been working with the Beachcombers, which is a gentleman called Steve, who every month is out here with a loyal band of volunteers clearing up the plastic to stop it going into the Thames and then into the, the ocean. So they do that job week in, week out, month in, month out, no matter what the weather. We're also on top of that, obviously, looking for what we can do to enhance the wildlife areas. And we've got a few good volunteers, but we always need more people <laughs> um, who are out there clearing up not too much, but just trying to keep it in a way that the wildlife would benefit most from. And, and you mentioned about the people who uh, sort of do the litter picks along the, the foreshore and, and, and around the area. How important is that? Because uh, it's sort of, it, does litter congregate in this particular part of the world? Part of the problem is it's very open, so the, the, the litter just blows around quite a lot and of course will naturally find its way into the water courses. So it is particularly important that we keep the sides of the river and the streets nearby in particular clear and clean of litter. Apart from the fact it's an eyesore, it's a killer. It's an absolute killer for not only the wildlife but of course also the marine ecology as well. Now I mentioned some of the other beaches along the uh, Essex coast, the ones people might be a little bit more familiar with. What's special about here? Well, this isn't on the sea for a start. This is a riverside um, beach and um, I've actually lived in other countries where we have riverside beaches, places like Berlin and stuff, where, which doesn't have a sea, so you have to make the most of it. And actually it just offers you a slightly different view. For a start, we can see the Kent coast here, so that's quite interesting. We get some huge, huge shipping come down, and it makes it quite fascinating when you walk down Grays High Street and you can see this huge Chinese shipping container sailing past the bottom of the high street. That doesn't happen many places, does it? And it is really interesting. The river has certainly seen an increase in sort of cargo traffic over the years. And, and the river is very narrow here. I've just taken a peek over the seawall. It's a bit too windy to be up there uh, today <laughs> recording the episode. It is a very industrial area, though. You might be able to just hear the noise in the background from Tilbury Docks to our left. You've got uh, wind uh, turbines which are blowing around very quickly uh, in the wind today. I can see the UK's tallest uh, electricity pylons to our right. So it's very industrial, isn't it, this part of the world? Yet there's still this little haven of, of wildlife and, and nature. But it's funny, I actually love that whole juxtaposition between industry and the green spaces. And it is part of what makes us unique. 
I mean, the industry helps obviously to helps the economy run here. Without them, we'd probably be struggling. And we do have some very large players here. You mentioned the Port of Tilbury. We've also have got, of course, got Perfleet, Procter and Gamble, Unilever, and various other big players around here. But they have found a way of fitting in along the green spaces. Meanwhile, those of us in the community work hard to ensure that those green spaces aren't encroached on anymore. Obviously, everyone's trying to build on every little bit of space they can at the moment, and we we are regularly saving our parks from the um, onslaught of uh, of building companies. So that that's important as well. It's about finding a balance, I think, between um, industry, council, and the community, and that's where I come in to a certain extent. So, if no one's heard of Grays Beach, probably may not have visited it before. What is actually here? Well. At the moment, apart from some lovely parks in Greys, which you really should visit, the riverside is interesting, but it's going to get a whole lot better. Um, we've been lucky enough to have been given £20 million under the Greys Towns Fund. I have, I'm lucky enough to be on that board. So we're helping to shape the future of the riverside here and the beach. It's going to be fantastic. We're going to have um, beachfront walks. We're going to have a proper beach, although it's not going to be sand because that washes away. It's going to be shingles and grasses and really good for the local ecology and wildlife. Obviously, we're going to be working with Essex Wildlife Trust in the construction of that. So um, we'll take on board their, their opinions and their feedback. Well, talking of the uh, Essex Wildlife Trust, Helen Inns is from, from there and uh, is also here sheltering under umbrellas. Helen, <laughs> you, you might not think of a small area like this in Greys to be a, a haven for wildlife, but what sort of wildlife is supported here? It's actually fantastic for wildlife because you've got that beautiful Greys beach and as you mentioned, you've got a lot of industry, you've got the port right to the left. But when I was here in the summer, you could see you had a real range of flowering plants and shrubbery growing on that kind of shingly beach. And that's fantastic to support pollinators, bees, butterflies, and that's exactly what you need. And then what's fab about this is, just behind Grays Beach, you have Grays Beach Riverside Park, which has a lovely woodland walk. And when you put two types of habitat next to each other like that, you're starting to create a mosaic. So you have the beautiful kind of flowering plants, then you have the woodland with the larger trees and the ground cover of the ivy. And then we have a local resident who started work on a fantastic grassland meadow at the back of the park. And the combination of those three habitats together is going to really support a variety of insects, birds and even small mammals. And that's exactly what you want, a mosaic of habitats. Now, as we've been standing here, I've not seen much wildlife other than us. <laughs> Perhaps we're just the fools to be out in this kind of weather. But we are taking shelter in these trees. And actually, to have these sort of tall trees right next to the riverside, is that a bit unusual? You do see it in different areas. I think what's unusual here, I guess, is there's a real opportunity to make it better. I think, as Teresa was saying about greys, it's that balance with the industrial spaces, the residential spaces and the green spaces. So... Although across Essex, uh, you've got beautiful large spaces and wild reserves. Some of them are managed by Essex Wildlife Trust. But you've also got these very built-up urban areas. And often within the built-up urban areas, it, there's a lack of green spaces. So what's kind of unusual here is that you've got this opportunity to develop this kind of green space, which sits in the middle of very industrial and residential space. Um, yeah, that, that's kind of the, the unique point here. And how is the Essex Wildlife Trust supporting the, the, the community? We've got this fantastic new approach at Essex Wildlife Trust called Next Door Nature, which is all about encouraging and empowering local people to take action for nature in their own local areas. 
So the way that we support people to do that is in a range of different ways. So I'm working all around Berwick and Basildon and wherever people have an idea for something that could support nature and wildlife and help link them up with support. I help to get them contacts. I help to give them advice and guidance. And uh, yeah, just make sure also that people know about the amazing work they're doing. Like Cheryl Lee, the resident who's creating that grassland space on the meadow. She's out here every day in the park. And she wants people to join her on Tuesdays from 12.30 to 1.30 to help her kind of further develop and maintain that space. And that's the kind of effort that we all need to be putting in to ensure nature can recover. And that's what Next Door Nature is all about. It's uh, also, it's a recipient of funding from the National Lottery. So it's, we've got £5 million of funding from them in order to help people all across Thurrock and Basildon. So if anyone in Thurrock or Basildon's got an idea, please do get in touch with us. And it doesn't have to be a, a big grand project, does it? Perhaps it could be something that's, that's actually quite small. Absolutely. We're looking for really anything that helps nature. And small things are kind of ideal because the more small projects we have, They'll connect up and help to link some of those massive large projects, some of those massive large reserves, create those nature corridors to connect and support. So don't worry about it being too small. Don't worry about it being, you know, just a tiny gesture. We'd love to help. And with hopefully if we get enough people taking part, that's going to really change the tide and support nature's recovery. Teresa, how great is it that the uh, likes of the Essex Wildlife Trust are supporting local communities and improving their, their little patch of land? It's brilliant. Helen mentioned Shirley, uh, Shirley Cater, who, as we've said, is down here every day, just beavering away at this tiny little patch of ground, just trying to make a difference. And people stop all the time and say hello, uh, and we want them to join in, as Helen mentioned. It's particularly useful having someone like the Essex Wildlife Trust on board. It lends it a credibility, and it also means that we have this great store of information and knowledge that we can tap into. If we find something, we're like, not sure what this is or what it does or whether we should take it up or leave it where it is. And Helen's really useful for that. We can say, you know, what do we do about this plant? Is it too invasive? Should we leave it? Should we take some up? And we can get some information that way. So that's brilliant. You mentioned earlier about the sort of juxtaposition between the industrial and the nature and, uh, as you mentioned, walking down Grays High Street and seeing shipping containers, perhaps, <laughs> uh, piled high on, on boats sort of just drifting past on the river. What else is it about this area that you like particularly? The people. I mean, you know, it's the people that make, make everything happen here. People here, when I first moved here ten years ago, I, I very soon noticed that people here are basically kind friendly and full of brilliant ideas sometimes I don't have confidence for their own ideas and that's what we're trying to encourage we're trying to encourage people to actually say I've got this idea and just come and talk to us about it whatever it's about the chances are it's not a silly idea at all the chances are that we can help you actually put that idea into reality whether it's in our parks and our other wildlife areas in um, the environment anything to do with ecology or anything to do with anything really if you want to start up your own business come and see us like Helen, I'm actually also funded by the big lottery, so um, shout out to the big lottery there. But it means that I actually do have funding available for projects, which makes it very useful. Slightly longer term then, you mentioned that there's, there's changes afoot and, and further developments to improve this area. I mean, what, what is, is Grays Beach going to look like, say, 10, 15, 20 years' time, perhaps? Well, hopefully even in five years' time. The plan is that we will be able to have a beautiful walkway that allows people to walk at the same level as the current flood defences. So we're actually going to build up huge slopes going up from Grays Beach Park over the, over the flood defences 
and actually we're going to landscape the beach as well. So for the first time ever, you'll be able to walk by the river and see the river. I think we're one of the only towns who banks onto the river Thames that doesn't get a chance to celebrate it. So that's what we're going to be doing going forward. Watch this space, Grays. In five years' time, you're going to have a beautiful walkway by the river. You'll be able to come out and enjoy it. It will be a destination. Helen, I mean, how exciting is it to hear the, the passion of the community in, in developing a, a, an area, but also not only for, for our enjoyment, but also uh, mindful of, of the wildlife and the ecology of the area too? I mean, it's fantastic. And yeah, as you say, it's really important. And I think what's really lovely about what the Riverside Big Local and the Gravestown Fund are proposing for the new Riverside is that it's going to be, as you say, an amazing space for people and for wildlife. And that's what we want to see, the balancing of those two kind of um, priorities. It's fantastic as well that in the meantime, while that's um, being planned and while that's being put in place, we can start already to improve the nature infrastructure that's around here. We can start already to bring the community into the parks and into the green spaces and the blue spaces and build their relationship with them by encouraging them to care for them and develop them in ways that they want so that then by the time we have this fantastic new vision, you know, the community will be able to really enjoy it and feel ownership in it as well. If people want to get involved, inspired perhaps by listening to this episode of Essex by the Sea and think, actually, yeah, this sounds a really good thing to be involved with. You mentioned a few uh, people who are already involved, but but how could perhaps people find out more or, or get involved themselves? Really easy. We have a website and a Facebook page, so look for Riverside Community Big Local. And my email address is teresa at riversidecommunity.org.uk. Do get in touch. Well, Teresa, Helen, thank you both very much for joining me on this rather wet, damp, windy day. Uh, I think these are the worst conditions that uh, an episode of Essex by the Sea has ever been recorded in. So I appreciate you coming out for this episode and, and sheltering under the umbrellas. Thank you for this opportunity. Well, if you'd like to support the making of Essex by the Sea, do check out my Kofi page where you can find all the episodes along with pictures. You can also leave a little donation, which goes a long way to covering the costs of making podcasts. Thank you very much in advance. So until next time, thanks very much for listening.